Hey everybody, welcome to the 71st episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just want to remind y'all we have a Patreon, so if you want to get some cool exclusive benefits, go over and check that out, uh, such as access to our private Discord, and you can join in on this live cast and listen to us get all this all this banter recorded live. <laughs> it's fun. We love it. Come, come join us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also have our, our very first reader poll, our best of 2021 reader poll up. So if you want to be a part of that, go cast your vote at mathcoreindex.com. Do it. So you were saying, Levi? Veronica and I, we went last night and uh, did the hotel hop. So we went to uh, the Fairmont, uh, checked out the, gin- the live gingerbread house. And actually, I think that was basically it. We kind of stepped in a few other places, had dinner. But uh, tomorrow we do the hotel um, bar hop where we go to the Christmas bar deck the halls that pop up um, and then there's another like cocktail or bar or two that does like super holiday like theme shit so okay cool nice yeah but uh, but but yo if, if you haven't yet go or check it out uh, deck the halls it's a it's a holiday it's a Christmas uh, and Hanukkah uh, pop-up bar that happens every December in the fair switch look loc- uh no um it it's it, it's it's just a bar that pops up everywhere um three years ago it was like north beach it, it it rotates it was like sutter last year um and now this year it's right on columbus by uh veronica's work but basically dude look up deck the halls but it is just it the whole place is filled to the brim with cheesy fucking decorations there's always like a back vip lounge they call the hanukkah room where it's all like you know just hanukkah shit mm. uh but it's just it's gaudy as fuck the drinks are like the cocktails are served in like uh globes and like little christmas ornaments and shit like that like the dude does it so well and he keeps doing it better and better every year so yeah it's like it's like if you want that tacky like i i just want to take it in one night go there because it's just it shoves you full of christmas so <laughs> it's good you love it. You love it. You got the Santa hat. You're just you're you're in full effect right now, like full holiday effect. I love, I love Christmas as much as I love booze. So both of them come together very, very fucking yeah, well. Yeah, and, and I do I do so. appreciate you sending me that that Christmas movie and Christmas special list because that really has given us like more to chew on. <laughs> oh, dude! And then some people are like, "Whoa, Alf had a Christmas special." It's like everybody had a Christmas special back in the day. So <laughs> there's just something about those eighties and nineties Christmas specials in particular. And then also the 1950s and I guess sixties ones, you know, the, the Rankin, I think the Rankin Bass ones have got to be ultimately the best ones, you know, the seventies kind of sucked for Christmas shit, but, um, I would say late eighties to early nineties, John Hughes, uh, rules all. Like, oh well, yeah. John no Hughes, shit. Right. Anything I mean, that John so Hughes fucking... did is incredible. Yeah. All, all those movies yeah. are timeless. Yeah, but I've been forcing, like, some random ones on people. But, uh, yo, if, once again, like, I know you got to listen to everything, but that Santa with muscles, you got to check it out. So. Santa with muscles. Okay. Yeah. Everybody out there, Santa with muscles. Because we, uh, we watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and we watched Frosty the Snowman, the animated one, and we watched... Yeah, the, um, the, uh, what is, what is the, what's, the, what's the team? Santa Claus is Coming to Town is the other one we no. watched. No, but what's the, what's the mm-hmm. team? The claymation team? It's the something oh, well, and Rankin something. And, Rankin and Bass is the they're not a claymation team Rankin specifically, and... but they were like a production company that put on and wrote and yeah. produced a bunch of those kind of like those specials. They also did the Hobbit cartoon. They did um, Flight of Dragons. Whoa! They did the no last shit. last unicorn. They did uh, all kinds of just really really good stuff. Okay, yeah, I dude. did not shout know out Rankin that. Bass. Damn! All right. 
Yeah, I love um, I love the art style on those, especially Flight of Dragons and the Animated Hobbit. Those are fucking. Those are super good. Uh, so the creator of a uh, Cowboy Bebop passed away. Fucking the writer, yeah, the main writer. The Cowboy writer, Bebop. the writer, yep, mm-hmm. main writer, yep. Woo! Yeah, rest in peace for sure. Uh, did you knock any out that day? Did you watch anything special? No, no. Unfortunately, I haven't had time. I, I've just since watching the live action one, I've been sort of turned off. <laughs> just like in general, I needed to like sort of take a break from. I don't know. There was, was a live action one? Yeah, it got canceled within a season. You didn't hear about that? That's so funny, Levi. No. no. It, that's so funny. Your face is exactly how everyone basically feels about it. It's it's not good. They so they did what I think that most people can agree on is that they, they casted it really well. Like the 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 actors looked resembled enough the characters, okay. but Yeah. So they, they that that in itself was like pretty much a good accomplishment, but I would say that the execution just wasn't there. The fight scenes especially felt like really, really clunky. And it's sort of, I mean, to be fair, it's really hard to like translate and animate to live action. So I think that a lot was just perhaps lost in translation. But the characters, the actors overplayed the characters' parts in a way that just felt, first of all, disconnected from the anime. And then secondly, again, yeah, just the, the fight scenes just, they felt like really sucky and like poorly, poorly choreographed. I feel like, animation to live action are only good in like short teasers when you're like this could be it and you're like oh fuck you see that they could have been like cowboy bebop live action but then like when you have a like whole hour and a half of that you're like wow uh family guy should not be uh (laughs) like live action like that kind of thing you're like oh wow this actually was not (laughs) cowboy bebop has a full movie and it's good so i mean oh but that's different though i'm talking like like actual like human beings playing characters that were cartoons it's like no yeah see at the 80s again the 80s taught us anything it's that translating certain things to live action very rarely goes well when it comes to video games and anime i think the best example of the the most successful successful example has got to be mortal Kombat. we all know it you know being able absolutely absolutely how bad was the mario brothers movie like it was a horrendous cinematic abortion uh, it, I just learned this like two weeks ago. I can't believe you're bringing this up, but apparently Jean Leguizamo and the other dude that played Mario, they obviously, when they first got to the movie set and started making the movie, they realized how shitty of a movie they were actually in. So most of that movie, they are pissed face drunk and John Leguizamo will admit to it like to this day like yeah we were fucking slamming every day just trying to make it happen so yeah <laughs> like, just they, they, they knew pay, what the paycheck they right knew what they were, yeah they knew what they were in they're like they're like huh ah fuck like the kind of thing but yeah might yeah. as well have fun with it drink it's, some booze and fucking make Mario Brothers <laughs> it's bad like, yeah, just like very rarely do they did they ever go well I remember that first Final Fantasy movie even though it wasn't live action it was computer animated but the spirits within that was that was really bad and kind of a big disappointment. So that, that's an example of taking something like that and then just poorly translating it to, to like a full-length format. It, yeah. can, it can certainly I go just, either way, but I feel like nothing is sacred. Nothing should be redone. Just fucking leave everything alone. I don't fucking. I don't get it, man. <laughs> just, just Conversely, such, most of the time it's just like it's such a cash grab. Everything. So <laughs> what's what's funny about the the thing about trans trying to translate? Oh, sorry, my fucking. For my, my meter. Uh, your macaroni and cheese is done, Christian. Go get it out of the microwave. <laughs> Thanks, dog. Right. Timer's done. My, my yeah, quesadilla. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, 
What was I going to say? The, the funny thing about translating anime to live action in reverse, it's it seems yeah. to be yeah. easy. Like, turning something into an anime is, like, always compelling, conversely. <laughs> like, the Star Wars... You that Star Wars that Star Wars anime short is, like, incredible. The, um... The, the, the Gaiden, whatever... It's, like, some, like... 80s or 70s like Nintendo shooter anime like a short somebody yep. converted that the Final Fantasy anime is incredible uh, Gears of War fa- uh, short uh, the fucking Halo short that. like the there Halo was a shorts, lot of good yeah. fucking shorts like there's one in an anime yeah. style specifically as I recall did you ever see the no is it Gears of War Gears Matrix had what one was, that was what like was the an anime what was the kinda. fucking what was the <laughs> fucking thing you and Proza used to play that all the time when I was in that would be just Gears of War. Chainsaws. That Gears, of, Gears War, of War, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gears of War 2 just specifically. Must... Yeah, dude. It's fucking badass. <laughs> yeah, we were such absolute fucking troglodytes. We would spend hours and hours playing Gears of War 2. I we would were... just hear guitar. I would just hear guitar sweeps or... <laughs> coming from upstairs. Or just... Well, never mind. I don't want to expand on something private there. But um, <laughs> our, our roommates fighting, <laughs> hey, let's <hey>. say. <laughs> you, we know. <laughs> Our roommates fighting. Right, um, I think that's that's fair to say. But uh, yeah, man. Um, you know I who you are. You're listening water. probably now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Your name I, rhymes uh, with bozo. <laughs> I uh. So wait. Oh shit. Okay. No, I'm still recording. Um, that just gave me a scare. Everything like froze for a second, but everything's fine. Okay. Good. Um. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I, I did my best to like steer steer the banter back to what we were just talking about. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> For the sake of getting it but, but, on tape. <laughs> I hate I, I hate that it's, it rhymes with bozo. It's like, oh, fuck, that actually kind of sucks too, actually. It's like, that's not good. That's um, what Sean right. Sebastian calls him. <laughs> <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about some bands. So the first band we're going to talk about is CU Space Cowboy. CU Space Cowboy are a metalcore, post-hardcore quintet originally from San Diego. Although I think uh, members live in Philly now. And they just released their sophomore full-length album, The Romance of Affliction, November 5th, via Pure Noise Records, which was recorded by Will Putney, a fit for an autopsy and others. So you basically just know it's going to be a massive-sounding record, and it is. (laughs) Fucking yep. As soon as you know Will's involved, it is going to be a slammer, for sure. Anything that Will Putney does is incredible. Basically, him putting his stamp on this record is just kind of like a testament to how far this band has come. This has got to be... I mean, most of you are probably already aware of this band, so I'm not going to go too much into their background, but it's their trajectory from an underground band to one of the biggest bands in hardcore... Uh, and their subsequent shift from more to like, from the sassy kind of chaotic stuff, uh, and like the more like mathcore influenced material to more melodic and post-hardcore kind of stuff. That's sort of been like the vibe uh, on their last album. They sort of it's kind of funny because they kind of like transferred like just sort of a new set of influences from the same era. <laughs> it's like previous- oh, that's that's actually why I feel um, uh, it was seamless uh, in the transition. Um, I mean, if you're if you're gonna go in hindsight and look back on everything, you know there is more like uh, quote unquote uh, sass and more chaos going on, mm-hmm. like with the earlier stuff. Um, I I gotta be honest, uh, a lot of the reviews that I checked out for these guys, um, I really don't like the new uh, willy nilly branding of just random subgenres, and I feel like sasscore is one of those. I just don't think it deserves. Gotta a agree fucking, with you. I just I don't understand what's. I, I feel like it's just somebody. 
just uh, early and new to everything, just labeling it. Some um, people feel that way about that. math core. Is the thing though? You know, they fuck feel like, yourselves. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I think that core is a pretty yourselves. widely acknowledged and agreed upon term. It's, though it, it is, it yeah, it is, it is a genre, subgenre, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, it's, it's, there's 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 been a there's been a podcast about it that we've done for goddamn three fucking years at least. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, so. We've been doing it for five years actually. Five years, five years, everybody. Happy anniversary, five years. <laughs> uh, but yo, back to back to the CU Space Cowboy. Um, going off that uh it is definitely that more early aughts metalcore sound uh no right. complaints at all fucking this uh, i will say right off the bat um i've been i slept on the last release of the last full length of sea space cowboy when they were more like that chaotic kind of sass going on this fucking grab me man it might just be because we're from that earlier era, but mm-hmm. they do it so fucking well. And then also add that 10 to 20% of just extra new Sea of Space Cowboy touch there that it makes it their own, you know? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of people were sort of shocked when they released correlation between the entrance and exit, swoon, exit wounds back in 2019 because it was it introduced this melodic sound that we're seeing now more successfully executed on this new album. Yes. Like, I, I feel like they're like letting everyone know that there was a shift, but I don't think that it was quite as seamlessly done as it is on this new album like correlation was i mean it was sort of like jarring because of how um you know how just way more accessible it was mm-hmm. you feel me like i feel like they were really Absolutely. trying i feel like they were trying almost deliberately to garner a, a broader audience which they, they probably don't feel that way but that's that's uh, sort of the way did, that it, they did they that's exactly kind of, what they did with this release, though. They, that, totally, they, totally. They, but they, this release is almost you know. at the same same time. It feels like they brought back more of the mathcore elements to like please older fans like myself. I feel like it's a a much better balance struck on this release overall versus the last I, one. I, I, I feel like that was more poppy, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're we're speaking of this in like a marketing sense almost, and I I mean maybe it just sounds like that to me, but uh, I, I really hope this right. just is a natural a natural flow. You know, and this this is just what they want to make more. You know, I really hope it isn't like a, a marketing thing. But even if it is a marketing thing, you fucking did it well. The the, the billboard works out pretty pretty awesome, man. I mean, you, you know, uh, uh, it's good. It's, it, you can't deny it. It's, it. it's, it's, it's like it's, misery signals and drop dead gorgeous good. and under oath and yep. just all those great melodic post hardcore ele- uh, elements and influences that I, I loved from like the late aughts. They just kind so, of like switched so, from heavy heavy low low and daughters to that. You know. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I'm just hit my mic a little bit there. Uh, so, I feel like Christian and I both, like, go, might, just hear me out, basically. Uh, <laughs> early on, the the sound was, you know, the sassiness and everything. There was a very large member switch through these years. That's Christian right. And I have, Christian and I have a solid fucking rule that we've always agreed on, even when we first became friends. It's... You know, you can switch out members. Members can go out. You know, you got a five, you got a five-person band. Three leave, all fucking good. The main songwriter needs to be there, and really, sometimes the vocalist—it's it's the 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 make or break there. You know, but I feel like CU Space Cowboy has successfully maneuvered and switched around members. <laughs> yes, and have truly. A, I'm so they, glad they, you bring that up. If, if anything, they they have the most members they've ever had. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just um, the most static off lineup they've ever had. 
Yes, more, yes, static. And then <laughs> jumping off that, I want to ask the band who this fucking bassist is because this bassist came in. So and- Taylor Allen was on, if I'm not mistaken, not only was on their original demo, but they were also on the fashion states excuse me fashion statements of the socially aware ep they played guitar on that ep so they brought back taylor allen on bass and just to to the listeners so they know taylor is putting in a lot of work on this album like they are doing i mean a, vocally too vocally, right? a, lot of work. a little bit of yeah they're, yeah, they're doing so a lot I, of the singing like handling most if not all of the singing duties ethan the guitarist which is connie's brother is handling i assume the majority of the songwriting having replaced Jesse Price, you know, several years ago as the main guitarist and switching from drums. Uh, at, at that, they also had Brian Prosser of Wrist Meets Razor at some point too. And uh, so yeah, yeah. just to just kind of like touch back on what you're saying, this lineup is just seen a lot of permutations. And now I feel like they've, they've got like this perfect lineup where they've brought in back Timmy Marino, the original bassist on second guitar too. So they've gotten, two original members back on this release and a new drummer basically is, is how the, there's, there's like four original members or four like OG members in this lineup the band's getting back together let's roll let's it's fucking, fucking do this it's really sick so yeah I yep. mean uh, just to kind of like encapsulate what I was saying a minute ago they've the last album was definitely more striking out in like an accessible direction in my mind and in this album they've brought in back a lot more of those fashion statement elements the more like chaotic quote unquote like math core elements and then more successfully blended them with these like new melodic moments too mm-hmm. agreed uh along with this you know it's a banger because they have endorsements from fucking keith buckley yeah. uh, aaron gillespie for uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah from under oath and then produced by fucking isaac hale of knock loose you know right. uh so it's uh shaolin g of unity texas if i die first it, so they've for the listeners again they, yep. they, they i feel like this melodic shift was marked even more by their collaboration that if i die with first, if i die first that Absolutely. was kind that, of that, that split was the 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 kind of jumping into what their their style is now I exactly feel, for sure exactly yeah. it was kind of like letting us know that they were going to kind of like bring back the sassy stuff but lean even more somehow at the same time into the melodic stuff absolutely yeah so this just feels like a way more cohesive batch of tracks than correlation they, they really brought back the chaotic elements especially on anything to take me anywhere but here they're like next to leveling <clears throat> the melodic parts again in a way that just it feels like far less mishmashy you know the first the I first agree. like four or five tracks on this thing are basically just fucking all fire and they've uh they've managed to work in a couple interludes too so there's a lot better pacing on this album than there was on correlation mm-hmm. too i think i totally agree it's more of a ride for sure exactly and i don't know if you watched um, those music videos but they're they're both incredible i did I- I did. I went back and I, I knocked them out. Uh, the production is amazing on the music videos. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's great. It's uh, they. Um, I feel like CU Space Cowboy is officially pro. You know, the most. This is just the most incredible trajectory in in underground music. Like it's yeah, so fucking pro. Yeah, I don't want to you know toot my own horn here, but like just. <laughs> 
we, we totally called it. Like we, I just, I knew this band was going to go places and sure enough, here they are. And they, yeah, they really did not, they did not hesitate to use that Keith Buckley feature and just front load it on this album. Like they just let you know right away. They are not fucking around. They are, as Levi said, they're next leveled now. They're like, they're on the professional. They got the endorsements, man. Yeah. I mean, they got, you got Will doing it. You got Aaron fucking Gillespie. Will Putney and Keith Buckley. Let's just stick on those two right there. Like, let's talk about Under Oath, who is, like, all, you know, Aaron Gillespie and Under Oath, basically, arguably the progenitor of the sound that they have adopted at this point, too. So, yeah, truly, truly a stamp of endorsement there. Yeah, dude. At the same time, I do feel like some of the melodic vocals could have been delivered slightly better. Sometimes they do feel a bit nasally. Some of the singing parts can get a bit samey, too, was my, my one critique. Singing parts are singing parts. I still uh, will take them just with a fine grain of salt there, you know? Totally. But it's not speaking, to say... Go ahead. Speaking as the album, it is a great mm-hmm. fucking... You know, they, 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 this solid. album brings back the, the early aughts, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, per, per, preferably myself, I, I don't want too much singing these days. I'll go to a singing record to have the singing, that kind of thing, you know. It's just, it, it, track per track, just, uh, it's a hit or a miss, I feel. Yeah, totally. Like, some tracks it's, like, done really well, and some tracks, I, mean, I think it's all done very solidly, so I'll say that. But yep. I, I kind of feel like maybe the singing part's could have been written a little more diversely i guess is ultimately where where i'm landing with this this critique totally agree totally agree and um go, go ahead no no you first no please no no no, no, please. no after sir, you no after you, sir. After you, sir. After you <laughs> no um i'm just gonna say uh i mean you're gonna go on more but i'll, I'll hmm. just say my favorite track was a uh, life as a soap opera that would be 25 uh, years running Featuring Keith every time I yep, die. It's fucking, it, uh, it lets you know. It lets you know you're in for a party. For just sure. saying that right there to you should just let you know anything and everything you need to know about how good this track is going to be. They have written one of featuring their best tracks Keith here. Buckley. One of their best tracks that they've ever written for sure. It's got everything that is good about their new style. It's got everything that's good about their old style. They've got Keith fucking Buckley. And it's not... <laughs> Keith? fucking Buckley. What, what's great about the, that track is that they didn't just write like an Every Time I Die worship kind of track, which they very easily could have done. They could have just been like, we're going to write a riff that's like a, a lazy southern rock pull-off kind of Every Time I Die biting riff, and they did not. They gave him a moment that was a very straightforward, melodic, hardcore riff, and his appearance is not overstated. It's not like they put him on the entire track. He's just got like his his one moment and then his anthemic part they, they bring him back for that breakdown and it's just he just lays down another legendary line you know it's not enough to stay warm i want to burn in the flame fucking 100 there it's so fucking good dude this it's guy so good. shits I actually, anthemic lines uh, randomly uh i i uh for everybody out there that doesn't know i i like i, ro- I rollerblade and stuff but there was a pro rollerblader today that uh did an instagram post and he left he didn't do anything. He just left the lyrics of that, of the wanting to burn mm-hmm. in the flame and everything. I was like, damn, he's even shouting out every time I die. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, Keith Buckley, if you're listening to this, you, <laughs> if, you, if, you ever, if you stop playing music ever, I think that you should seriously consider getting a career as a ghost writer for hardcore vocalists because <laughs> you, would, you, would you would make some bread. Uh, definitely more than fucking doing artwork for people. My, my guy can turn a metaphor. Yep, yep. 
comparison uh, without yeah, using like her as which seems to be lost on so many of our our, our hardcore vocalists <laughs> uh why don't you uh why don't you tell me what your favorite track is oh shit this was very very difficult for me definitely the first track for sure as we were just ranting and raving about i felt like yep. the lead single misinterpreting constellations was pretty goddamn strong too great music video i love the the color palette in particular for that music video it's like a a burnt kind of like tan like mustard yellow like the the whole like room that they're in and connie whole connie's dress yep. and just like a little bit of like red accents here and there and it's just fucking really really great imagery really good music video for that and the song itself is good of course too some of the best breakdowns on that song the the poppy post-hardcore chorus loving that hand clap that they sneak in there too they just sneak that little hand clap in there before the breakdown in, in perfect cu space cowboy form yep i like that other single too the the end to a brief moment moment of lasting intimacy Great music video for that. It's a bit more radio friendly, but it's kind of got a really like sassy bridge, which is kind of like undeniably infectious with the lyrics. Some of the best spoken word verses from Connie on this song in particular. Track three. Agreed. Yep. What else? What else? That Shaolin feature on Sharpen What You Can is fucking good. Every every one of these songs is is really excellent. The Aaron Gillespie feature on the uh, intersecting storylines of the same tragedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that song kind of you also really channeling under oath in particular, kind of letting us know where those influences are coming from. A little tip of the hat there. Get too carried away here, but track ten, anything to take me anywhere but here. I think I might have mentioned earlier. By far the most chaotic track and technical track. Loving that shriek and the massive breakdown. Even like a little clean break in very like MySpace fashion, and all of this in under two minutes. So it's kind of. <laughs> this track was written yep. for me, basically. Love it. So I think on that note, we should go ahead and uh, give him that track. That's great. Yeah, let's do one without the music videos and shit like that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a bit deeper into the track listing, and I feel like it might being it might be getting neglected. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you anything to take me anywhere but here, which is track ten from CU Space Cowboys' new full length album, The Romance of Affliction, which they released November fifth via Pure Noise Records. Here we go. Let's see. 
so I'm sure you can see why I picked that song. <laughs> yep, it was good. Yeah, that's definitely like the mathcore-ish track, like the more chaotic track for sure. Um, not not the the shortest, but still short and sweet. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think it might be kind of slept on by their original fans. I think that they just. I don't, want to, I don't want to say they had a falling out with their original fan base, but I think that when they made that jump, that jump from the second grade knife fight split to correlation, that it was just such a, a big change that a lot of their fans who are like in the Screamo community felt a little confused by the shift. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah, ultimately, I'm just fucking. I'm I'm proud of them. They've they've fucking come so far. Like one of the, one of the biggest names in hardcore now. So, yeah. What what can you say? Like it's uh, the proofs in the pudding. Proofs <laughs> in the pudding. So that was take me. Uh, excuse me. Anything to take me anywhere but here. Track ten from See You Space Cowboys, new full length album, The Romance of Affliction, which came out November fifth. Mm-hmm. So the next band we're going to talk about is Sentinels. Sentinels are a five-piece progressive metalcore band from New Jersey. And they just released their debut full-length album, Collapse by Design, on October 22nd via Sharp Tone Records. Which is kind of crazy considering they've been a band since like 2013. So only releasing singles and EPs until now is sort of crazy to me that they haven't it took him this long to get this album out. This album is lengthy. Yeah, it is, exactly. It's got some so, to it. First of all, better late than never. And secondly, wow, did they certainly fucking... <laughs> secondly, wow. They <laughs> delivered. This is a fucking neck yeah, breaker. No. You better get your neck brace out for this one because it is just... <laughs> this band knows how to lay down a groove. Like There is just grooves on this album that would make 2008 blush. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well said, man. Absolutely. Like, they really just... Tons of pitch pitchfork pedal worship and pick scrape abuse. Massive off-kilter China breakdowns. That's got to be one of the best features, by the way. Anthemic lyrics. And again, just really excellent use of th- the groove. Yep. The groove is essential there. Uh, I feel like it's definitely pulling from that, uh, you know, Tony Dan's uh, The Glass Cloud kind of uh, playbook. Um, but really juicing up the fuel here mm-hmm. uh, it is it, it the the tracks rage um fuck man ah where can i even start with this it, i think it perhaps maybe they dabble a little bit more in like the progressive metal or i reluctantly use this phrase gent they they definitely they, they show that they've got those kind of in uh, those sort of those influences as well like the more per- more the more like periphery offshoot like volumes and structures kind of sort of branch you know but yeah i'd say tony danza is definitely a big a big influence in their in their inspiration in their in their writing process it's just with the relentless breakdowns that they they uh <laughs> they they give us yeah and the, the gross the gross harmonies the steps yeah it, exactly yeah. um um yo uh the, the what is it um so ultimately the Every track. This is this is one of those albums. Other than the 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 hard to the, pick a favorite. The, the, well, the the quote unquote breather track, uh, solitude, is still great. But other than that, man, it's like throwing just. I'll throw a fucking dart at this track list, and it's gonna be one of my favorite, you know, uh, uh, tracks from the album. Everything rips. Everything uh, does. Rip. I really. 
I, Sentinels, I, before this uh, episode, I did not know anything about them. And then when I looked into it, it just seemed, yeah, like you were saying, they were definitely just releasing single after single. Dude, they've been around like, for days. Was... I remember them from fucking yeah. MySpace. Like, I remember them from back in the day, like, being in maybe not Reflections Top 8, but in, like, one of those. I found them on MySpace, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken. Damn. Damn. Dating Good memory, doggy. Yep. Uh, but uh, that's, I basically, that's, I... This is one of those bands where everything, every every track is pretty consistently just ridiculously heavy in the same style. Where um, I'm not at a loss of words. I just, uh, just they they've just kind of taken it everything away from me. I can't really critique <laughs> it too much because uh, it just it's slams like, hard as fuck, man. It's so well executed. Every, every track yeah. is well executed. What what really strikes me about this album is that there's a lot of focus on atmosphere they they really work hard it seems on adding a lot of breathing room i mean and not like that i'm not necessarily talking about the instrumental interlude there's a lot of atmospheric type breakdowns where like one guitar is playing a delay heavy kind of riff like not a twinkle riff but sort of just like a delay heavy sort of slower half note quarter note type riff while the other guitar is like chugging you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that way they remind me of volumes and structures and those kind oh, of bands. Oh, yo, yo, volumes. I th that's on my list. That was the other band I was going to mention there for sure. Definitely, and uh, just even vocal styling. This kind of reminiscing to volumes, not the dual vocal thing, but you know. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways, repeating myself here, but this just reminds me of like peak technical deathcore bands from MySpace era that were like broaching more progressive metal and like technical territory. Technical shit. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yep. It's just, uh, just um. It's just today's, uh, just with the beefed up pr production of what we have, uh, it just sounds fucking amazing. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just glad these guys have been around forever and just stuck around and finally gave us this lengthy fucking full length. Right. That's something substantial to chew on for sure. Absolutely. Um, favorite tracks uh, for me, uh, Embers, uh, Inertia. Embers, yeah. Embers is good, man. That, that's got that disgustingly harmonized sliding intro riff. Some really next-level mm -hmm. riffs on that track in particular, I think. Agreed. Especially Agreed. on like the front end. It's like some of the best of the album, so I'm really glad that you bring that track up. But it's, it's yeah. funny. they like Many of the other tracks, they, they take you back down. They're going to take you back down to earth with that reverb-heavy or delay-heavy guitar over like the syncopated chugging. But when they hit, get to like the two minute mark, that tapping riff is fucking so on point, and the ending breakdown is also heavy as hell. So yeah, Embers is Agreed. one of my favorites for sure. Inertia was great too. That's the lead single as well. So like, undeniably, going to be one of the hardest songs. It was one of the singles released yeah. before the album. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, it's one good. of their many singles there. Yep. Yeah, that that song in particular though is I I think probably one of the better tracks on the album. Probably my favorite overall. Just yeah, great great use of atmosphere in that breakdown again. Something they do all over this album. I, I I can't emphasize how much they abuse the pick scrape. It's like there's so many artificial harmonics and pick scrapes just all over the place. Like, <laughs> but especially on this track. Yep. And then that melodic like prog riff on the bridge that sort of like morphs into a groove and like a China becomes a China breakdown too. You mentioned it earlier, but the China breakdowns are uh, specific to this band. I really appreciated that. Right, and again, that's something that was so common in bands like Veil of Maya and Born of Osiris and a lot of the bands that were on like the early Sumerian days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is another inst- uh, instance where all the tracks are fucking consistent, just consistently good. Some other ones I liked, Wither Away, Obsolete, I thought was really good. Obsolete, actually, it's really deep into the track listing, track 11, but yep. great, great half-step harmonies on that song. Loving the tapping. Great China Breakdown. Got the chi- gotta have your, <laughs> you gotta have your China Breakdown. <laughs> gotta have your China Breakdown. You've been telling me that for years. And a little bit of uh, glitchy guitars. It's really subtle, but they, they kind of like work in some, some glitchy guitar parts, too, here and there on this album. Uh, they do it on To Wither Away, too, which is also a fucking mean track. Really, uh, yep. on Wither Away, they, they kind of show you just how skillfully they can put together a bunch of grooves in succession. Um, but yeah, I think Inertia is the track, though, for sure. Let's give them Inertia. Ooh, okay. Let's do Inertia. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Inertia, which is track two from Sentinel's debut full-length album, Collapse by Design, which came out on October 22nd via Sharp Tone Records. Here we go. Oh, 
That good. That, that shit good. is fucking hard. <laughs> um, this is one of those bands I knew nothing about until we had to uh, uh, review them, and I was like, "Whoa!" It's a bit okay. of a throwback band, yeah. Yep, yep. Like I said, I remember them best from the early aughts. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to see them come out with this album, though. It's uh, yep. even though they've been around for eight years, just yeah, it's a good good album. Big things, big things. Hope to see that they um, continue on, have a very long, fruitful career after this. Career, career, either way, you know, have have one or both. Both, man. Yeah, have both. Why Love not? Love it. Yep. So the next band we're going to talk about is Kursta. Kursta are a sludgy mathcore trio from Olsztyn, Poland. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. And they just released their sophomore sophomore LP, the name of which I'm not sure I should attempt to pronounce. Zolk Nitschinini Zeglishtinish is the best attempt that I'm going to give you for now, uh, which I cannot find any translation on. Otherwise, I would have looked up the pronunciation for you. I have a feeling maybe it's like words spelled backwards or something, but I'm not, not 100% on that because Polish, yeah, it just <laughs> I have no understanding of it, so. You officially stumped Christian. Well done, Kurtz. Good job, Poland. You have hurt his brain. I see steam coming out of the earphones over there. That is nuts, man. That I haven't been this confused good. since... What is that band? Oh, fuck. Something... I can't remember what they're called anymore. <laughs> that band that sounded go. like... <laughs> you remember that band that sounded like Tool from Poland? It was like... Yeah. Tool, but also I like st- Yowie. Yeah, uh... Molzani, something? I can't know what they're called. I got nothing but... They're fucking good. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I would describe their sound as punishing, very head-bobby. I hate to keep abusing this phrase, but it's very, like, groove-oriented. Absolutely. I mean, there's just... There's a ton of, like, sludgy grooves with, like, the occasional odd time and polymeter... That you might see in like mathcore kind of informed stuff. Uh, fucking fierce, a little angular at times. Uh, relentless, pissed. This album is fucking great. Very angry. Once again, once again, just like Sentinels. Uh, it is so much of one genre where I, I, I just I, uh, I don't have much to say, but it's only because it's just like I'm just blown away. But I'm like, yeah, holy fucking shit, this is great. Um, so good. It's just it, they they continue on, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so kudos, Kurtza. Um, yeah, we covered this band back in 2017, I, and they Christian they, informed me this today, and I did not know that because uh, <laughs> I forget a lot of things. That's totally uh, we cover hundreds of bands, so totally fair. But yep. that was a good album. That was that was one of the better underground releases that, that was like international, rather than it wasn't you know United States based, basically. All right, so. We're going to, I definitely am not going to butcher any of these goddamn words. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, track three. That's the one. Track I'm, three. Of the, I'm so glad that you picked that. I think it's pronounced uh, Kreziridae. 
Kazirde, and then and then uh track seven uh uh, uh Suma. Hopefully, that's hopefully how you pronounce that. But uh, yeah, those are my two favorite tracks. Yeah, that one was be, a bit uh, track. Th- that was a bit sludgier. That the tr- that track seven. It's a bit more. It's just like you fell into the mud and you just sink to your death. It's the end of the track, end of the album, you know, and you just fucking. But what they do is they, they like they sandwich it in between like two more chaotic parts. So like the beginning of the track is like very chaotic. In the middle, it's got like a dip, you know, the, the middle mm-hmm. is more like sludgy. And then they come mm-hmm. out of it chaotic again with those like, it's like improvised. The, the ending of the song feels improvised, you know, it's very like spontaneous sounding. Especially with the way like those um, vocals are coming out, they're so like screeched and desperate. I didn't get that, but I see where you're going with that. I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, I do enjoy uh, an album that does end on the more chaotic side. Uh, it asks me, it it makes me want more. You know, uh, in the middle album of the album, like like don't finish the whole breakdown. Like tease me. Like I want more on the next track. But at the end, like I really do want a nice fucking heavy finisher. I don't want to be teased much on the end, at the end of my album. So yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a heavy ending to the album. It's more like uh, an emotionally charged moment. I, I think is how it felt to me with the way mm. the, the vocals came across anyway. Got you. Got you. But yeah, uh, Krizirdi definitely track three. That that's by far the best track. I, the vibes I'm getting off those guitars are very Gaza with those Gaza and Bach yeah. in particular with the slidey riff in the bridge. Fucking a yep. that that just hits so goddamn hard. Every every one of these tracks is good. This is another instance where I like had a very difficult time pinpointing. Well, that's not true. I knew track three was going to be it, but it's like every track is just consistently fucking good on this album. Much like the last two albums we just talked about. I totally agree, bud. I like track two quite a bit as well, just because the arch of the song, it starts off so aggressive and chaotic. But again, so speaking of dips, it's got that dip in the middle where it's way more like laid back with, it's just like the drum and bass going for quite a while, like more than 60 seconds. But then they wrap it up with like another, like really like visceral part again. So just like great, great fucking album flow on this thing. It's only seven tracks, but it's got a pretty good runtime. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, I think track three is the one for sure. Yeah, let's pull the trigger. Let's do cool. let's do. Uh, what, what, how'd you pronounce it? Kazirde, Kazirde, or something like that. Kazirde, Kazirde. <laughs> Which I, I believe that's the name of a city in Poland, if I'm not mistaken. So that's track mm-hmm. three from uh, Kursa's new album that dropped on October eighth. Here we go.
right, so that was Kizirdi, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, track three from Kirsta's new full-length album, which came out on October 8th. And for the record, the other Polish band that I was brain farting was uh, Meszgini i Motil, which, of course, I, I couldn't how remember could, that. How would you ever pull that out of the back of your fucking brain? Because they sent Jesus me the CDs, Christ, yeah. and that's why I should have. No, but I mean, like, how would, you pull, how, would you, how would you pull that name out of the back of your fucking brain. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, you did good just remembering them. <laughs> to be fair, I am <laughs> constantly drunk and high, so <laughs> not really. You know, not allegedly. The, not, not the first allegedly. Part. Not the first part. Allegedly. <clears throat> At least. Yeah. Allegedly. Definitely allegedly the second part. That Hey, that's your boy over here. Wee, wee, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Levi will take responsibility for the former. Yeah, every, everything. So the next band we're going to talk about is Delta Sleep. Who? Delta Sleep are a math rock post-hardcore quartet from Brighton, UK. Ah, And they just released their fourth full-length album, Spring Island, on November 12th via the band's new label, Sofa Boy Records. And, wow, yeah, just right away, a lot of these tracks already feel like they're classic Delta Sleep tracks. They just, they feel so familiar and I think it's just proof that they've really hit their stride in terms of songwriting. In a lot of ways, it feels like a continuation of Ghost City, which, I, like, frankly, saw them embracing. There you go, bud. It, is is definitely continuation. Yeah, I mean, stylistically, uh, it's, like a, it's, it's, a, it, it's similar. It's a continuation from a full length to a full length. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're talking full lengths here. Like this would be just like that. Pew, 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 like bam, bam, right, right, connected together. Uh, I, I, uh, I feel like this was a very mellow, amazing ride that is Delta Sleep. It's, I think it's very solid. Yeah, I, 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 I see you, I see you grinning on Holly's <laughs> comment there. Holly, well <laughs> done. Holly, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mention, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna say it, but well done, Holly. Uh, <laughs> She's no, uh, this is too good. We gotta say it. More Delta put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, she's getting it's, she's it's, getting her money's worth right now <laughs> yeah yeah well done well done that's that's very uh, very funny stuff holy shit well, what were we talking about uh so yeah it, it, in a lot of ways it feels like a continuation of ghost city which as i was trying to say uh, feels like it, it sees them like embracing more of like a restrained kind of like laid back approach I don't want to say necessarily they were like aggressive in their songwriting before, but there's something a bit less technical and more atmospheric and more moody than their older stuff. You know, I, I, I totally agree uh, on the atmospheric side. Uh, it, it, um, I really enjoyed what, what Delta sleep offered here. Um, I felt like every track was very familiar yet new, uh, very um, easy. Uh, I sometimes, uh, I feel like life hands me enough fucking lemons where I really don't need to be, I don't need to feel sad with my music or my movies or anything like that. I feel like things are already kind of like that. So Delta Sleep, I feel like um, there are a few tracks like lyrically where uh, Devin does go kind of uh, in a darker place, but I, I feel most of the time, I feel like most of the time uh, he is welcoming me, welcoming me into a, a magical forest uh, of lyrics. Uh, so For sure. this album is uh, a lot more personal and introspective. I feel like yes, they, they yes. went from, I mean, it, it kind of explores a lot of the, the same, like similar themes, like familiar themes that Delta sleep has explored before, like isolation in particular. But I think this yes, time yes. 
this time around, it's less focused on like a fictional future dystopia and more on the current dystopia. In in that way, it's it's perhaps a bit more personal, speaking from his personal experience about going through, like we as we all are, you know. Man, for 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 any for any um self proclaimed uh, fucking introvert that you really are out there claiming that you do not like to go outside, uh, I really do. Uh, highly suggest looking at the lyrics. Devin really does paint a good picture of what uh, it is uh, just to uh, not want to leave, I guess, your atmosphere, but to also take in a new atmosphere, which truly in the end is is the beautiful thing here. Uh, just uh, I, I, like I said, uh, I feel like Devin's leading me into a magical forest that I didn't want to go into, but I'm here and it, 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 it's great. Uh, truly. It, every every track every track is very um as I've said before digestible. Mm. Uh, it doesn't uh, take a lot uh, on the brain. Um, very just tappy, beautiful. Uh, fucking um, I'm gonna mention it right now, bud. Uh, the track Forest Fire uh, takes me right to the American football vibes with the horns and just uh just the ambiance of that track. So I I feel like uh overall uh this this album just just. It is a smooth fucking ride and it's beautiful. Forest Fire, definitely one of the better tracks. It's a bit slower and more contemplative again. Would you agree on the American football vibe there? Oh, for sure. There's there's I massive... Mean, like, it, I think it's saxophone and yeah, that, that particular moment that you're citing is one of the best moments on the album, hands down. The instrumentation on this track is magical, really beautiful. The, the soaring you know, horns, whatever it is sax or trumpet one or the other although the the, the the brass the brass warms warms the track just like american football you know i mean just it just brings that 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 blanket over your shoulders you know what i'm saying i'm actually not a hundred percent that it's even horns it may very well be just guitar effect layering but yeah what it, it, really? it gives you that whatever it is that that particular moment i know exactly what you're talking about and that is a very that is one of the highest moments of the record one of the highest points for sure yep yep. yeah forest fire great track for sure I thought uh, the detail was pretty good, too, for the lead single. Definitely a bit more straightforward, super strong driving driving rhythm on that. Very catchy kind of ascending guitar line. I think my favorite track, though, was, was Planet Fantastic. That's That's got to be my favorite track on the album. It's just, it's got that great stop-start groove and some of the most, like, memorable anthemic lyrics on the album, too. Uh, I want to get the full name. What is it? Uh, so, uh, "View to Fill" would be my favorite track. Uh, I really just like I was talking about just um, that's uh, a great highlighting one. The, the highlighting the positivity of this album, you know, and the upbeatness of it. Um, I really felt like uh, track three is really where they just fucking boom and just a boop, 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 you know, "View to Fill." What's great about that track is that it's that track to me feels like a throwback to their older sound. It's got a bit of like a. Uh, a rockier, a harder, rockier edge to it. You know, it feels yep, a lot, agreed. it feels a lot more, I don't know, back to old form, basically. I was really like tr- track six, the softest touch really just reminding us that they can just continue to write songs that sound like instant classics so deep into their career. And I can just see that song being something that everyone's going to go crazy for live as well. Because the, the lyrics just feel so personal, but also, again, unifying at the same time somehow. These motherfuckers got it figured out. I swear to God, it's like they got the fucking the equation on a sheet of paper. They have it all in their pockets. Like Delta Sleep really does know how to bring it. 
uh, I and it's so it's so original. Like it, everything's so original, dude. Like I mean, lyrically, the the style, Truly. like it, it's um, idiosyncratic, undeniably. They they've we, like we they've got their sound now. I mean, we can com- we compare people to Delta Sleep when like I mean they're a reference point what, now. What do we with Delta Sleep? I don't think we've ever been like Delta Sleep. FFO minus the bear well, minus the bear I mean, American true, football right? yeah TTNG. but even Ameri- but, <laughs> yeah but it's but but when you go back on those uh, on all, if you do like go back to minus, minus the bear or TTNG still these guys really do have their own no, originality they, and they're stylistic you know they transcended so, their influences it's amazing yeah I'm, I'm with you there we we should we should meet up with them sometime in person and, and interview them. Right, we should do that. <laughs> ah! Again. Again. Ah! <laughs> uh, everybody look back on the interview we got with them. Uh, it was pretty decent. That is true. So. We, we interviewed them back in 2018 when they were on their U.S. tour. So you can go listen to at that. At Rickshaw? It was at Bottom of the Hill. It was at Bottom of the Hill. Yep. That's where it was. Yes. It was on the Twin Galaxies tour, as I recall. Yes, yes. Yeah, again, back to the, the softest touch, though. Loving that great groove in 7-8, which just fucking great they just show you that they can like take an odd meter kind of groove and make it into something that is like you know just like more widely enjoyable danceable i think danceable is what i'm looking for here (laughs) Mm. yeah but um another funny thought i had about contender one of the deeper tracks is it seems like they're really going for a modest mouse vibe on the intro there with that oh well said well said i i feel like that that yeah to be yeah. fair i don't think that you can do an artificial harmonic with a whammy bend without evoking isaac brock though so as soon as you throw that whammy in there yeah you're definitely going the modest mouse vibe there yeah and also loving the the uh the soft gang chants if you will on the back end of that track i'm not sure if you took note of that but there's like Del- some backup vocals that kind of like feel gang chanty but they're like soft uh, Delta Sleep. Uh, look back on some live sessions of theirs. Uh, they definitely utilize the the friend, friends, <laughs> friends above from from above from on high to do the chance. And For I think strong it's fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, strong than you do it is that that video. Woo, that's good. Yeah, gives me chills, dude. Yep. Yeah, their shit is beautiful. What a what a fantastic just true blue band and great people too. Really, really happy to see them just become one of the most notable bands in the genre. I can't think of anyone that's like as good as they are, who's as active as they are in math rock. I'd say that they are like the best, most active band in math rock right now. My, my, I mean, I, like, next to like Fl- floral is like the other band that I want to cite, but floral is not like touring internationally. Like this band is, or at least not to the same extent anymore. No, I mean Covet maybe would be like Covet. a band that might tour a little bit but more. Covet but is like radio like, music, though. At this point, it is. It is. As at much as point, I, yeah, yeah. As much as I like Covet and deeply respect what Yvette Young does and her talent for the guitar, I feel like the songwriting that is brought to that project is far less inspired than what she does on her solo material. So I'll leave it touché, at that. Touche. Touche don't want to make this about covet right now this is about delta sleep and how amazing they are and how much we love them and how good spring island is and why you should listen to it and there, there are a lot of reasons it's it's this is another again another instance where i love every track on this album this one wasn't like immediately lovable by me admittedly though i, I felt like 
I, I kind of felt like the same way as I did about Ghost City, where it took me a, a few months to warm up to it. But now that I've had repeated oh, spins, so that that's that's my last uh, 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 final note of this band is that with Delta Sleep, um, I do need my time, and I immediately will love them. And uh, Christian and I, I don't want to take off what we are saying is like biased. Uh, it's just we are fans, but uh, definitely they. That you need to sit with these albums, and I feel like if anybody does enjoy Delta Sleep, it will become um, an anthem or at least an album of the year for you, uh, and it will affect you. And just like when you look back, you'll you'll uh, you'll appreciate it. I think sure. this one's gonna sell them on it. Planet Fantastic. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. one because that 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 titular or the uh, like the main line, the main chorus, and we will be spun right into the sun, indifferent and numb as we buried our loved ones. Really, really good beautiful, shit. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, brings it brings a goddamn tear to your eye. So we're gonna go ahead and play Planet Fantastic, which is track four from Delta Sleep's fourth full length album, Spring Island, which came out November twelfth via Sofa Boy Records. Here we go. Bye. 
God, that is so beautiful. I cannot wait to sing that along live with the band when Delta Sleep goes on tour next year. They're going to be coming to uh, the United States. I think right now they're doing a run of UK dates. I'm just looking this up right now. I think they actually finished their UK dates, and they are coming to March, uh, United States in March and April, starting in Columbus and ending in Boston. West Coast homies can roll out, and uh, I'll probably be at the Oakland show or the Los Angeles show, one or the other. Because I'm also seeing Tyler still- the Creator, so I'm trying to figure out which one I'm going to go to. Busy both the same night? Yeah. Uh, they're both, like, they're, like, on alternate, like, Tyler's going to be in one night, uh, in SF one night, while they're in LA, and then vice versa <laughs> on the next night, so. <laughs> is uh, Tyler at the Warfield, or where is he at? Uh, I can't even honestly remember. Oakland Coliseum, I think. <laughs> oh, shit, really? Mm. <laughs> Tight. Okay. Preferably, I would like to see Delta Sleep here and then go see Tyler in Los Angeles and make an occasion out of that. Because that's like more of an occasion type show. It's good. I'd say say switch up the atmosphere for Tyler. I I just saw Tyler the Creator, like... Did I? I feel like uh, I, I feel I like special, uh, <laughs> specifically uh, you and I. Uh, Delta Sleep is our uh, our Bay Area love. As yeah, far totally. As, uh, just uh, just the, the 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 vibe and just yeah, what we got. Yeah, that's going exactly on. what I was feeling. So I want to be here in the Bay Area when they're in the Bay Area for them. Yep, yep. I I just saw Tyler well, because at the be- Bill Graham in 2019 for the Igor tour. So. Yep, yep. Well, naturally, with uh, with Delta Sleep, Christian and I have seen Delta Sleep uh, a few times together, and uh, every time we see them, we just hold hands <laughs> the whole time, which is magical. And, and, and weep. The palms get sweaty in the middle, right? But it's like, it's fine. Like, I, 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 I keep holding your hand the whole time. It's, it's one of those kind of bands. Yeah, dude. Sweaty palms, sweaty balls, you name it. Worth it. Worth it. Delta Sleep, love you. Let's do it. <laughs> That's the endorsement from Math Core Index right there. Mm-hmm. So that was Planet Planet Fantastic, which is track four from Delta Sleep's new full-length album, Spring Island, which came out on November 12th. So the next band we're going to talk about is 156 Silence. And 156 Silence are a five-piece metalcore band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they just... Uh, released their new EP, Don't Hold Your Breath, back on October 29th via Sharp Tone Records. Same label that put out that fucking Sentinels banger. And we've discussed this band on a number of occasions. They released a really, really great album last year called Irrational Pull that cracked our top ten. And uh, I think it was one of the best albums of 2020, uh, 2020 for sure. And uh, this new you know, this new EP I, is just four tracks. There's not really a lot to speak of, but um, not too much. Not too much. I think it was wise of them to squeeze this batch of tracks out, though, just to kind of like stay on people's minds, you know. Yep. Uh, I would like to say, um, <clears throat> as much as Kristen says, uh, it, it's nice to get the four tracks out. I do feel like, uh, you know, you might have got them out to make sure you're still around, uh, because I did I did feel this EP was a little lackluster. Uh, it's um i am 50 50 with this uh ep uh i'm kind of there with you the stylistically it is fucking amazing 
because it is exactly what 156 was doing with the uh with the with their last uh full length exactly you can always tell me these are b-sides exactly literally get on my notes on yeah yeah <laughs> um so so the vo- vocally uh um any any styling that this vocalist does i'm all for this, this rabid very, dog like, this but, but the rabid dog but the the, uh, the this drugged out like top drunken thing, elvis i never thought I would like that, but yeah, it is definitely like Elvis, like on pills and, you know, just on the shitter, you know, like, and like, and the way that they, even with those, uh, those like more like drunken kind of lyrics go, go down, uh, the, the layering. So there's like, uh, this, like, like this phantom <laughs> like mode going on. I really, I, I, I dig it a lot, but ultimately I agree though. I think I there was like, maybe a, a misuse of real estate is perhaps how I might phrase it. It's like in a four track EP, you would figure that they'd be giving us more succinct more. to the point, aggressive material and less material that feels like the back end of an LP. Like for example, they, they use the first track as a, just an intro so there's not really a lot to discuss about that. So, the, so, dude, dude, I, hey, how about this, bud? What you just said right there, I literally just had to look on my phone because you kept saying four track EP, and I was like, dude, this is a three track EP. And I went, I was like, oh, the fourth one. All oh, right, that 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 first track I skipped over. Literally, as you're saying that, I was like, oh, I gotta pull up my fucking phone here. What the fuck's he talking about? Uh, so you, uh, I stand corrected. It is four. It is a four track EP. Uh, but uh, going off that, yes, you are correct. Uh, that first one was a sleeper. So we got three tracks, right? right? And then the, the last track, my complaint about that is it feels more like a breather track, as I was just saying, from like the back. It feels like a track eight or like a track nine of an LP versus like a closer of an EP, which should have been, in my opinion, more of like a, a violent song. It should have been more like aggressive and energetic. So yeah, it feels a bit sleepy on that, that closing track. <clears throat> I will say that, both the single and track to A Violent Delight, which is my favorite track, are both very fucking good. As you pointed out already, they feel like they're basically cuts from the Irrational Pole session. Yes. Uh, I will I will critique the band with the last track, uh, 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 Coupe de Gras, say, or Coup de Gras. Coup de, Coup de Gras, yeah. Coup de Gras. Um there is no there is no finisher there is not much of a that's what i'm saying there's no like sense of catharsis you know what i'm saying it's closer. just like it's like it's like yes i can just whoop you know i feel the even like um in the wrong sense uh that breakdown towards the end it just you know it it goes and then it just stops and it teases me so i'm like all right all right you got me last track here we go fucking here we go and then yeah. See, I disagree you know? with you on that. So, I feel like the the ending breakdown of that song is pretty goddamn strong. The wrong sense. I feel like the beginning of the song was where they kind of lost me. the The more melodic, wow. okay, yeah, the melodic onset of that track just took way. It takes too long to get to the breakdown that's in the middle that I I want to hear. Yeah, they they kind of like make you really like wait for that heavier part, and it almost like lost me. There's a good music video for it though, as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I did not get to that. (laughs) I feel like maybe, maybe the music video might sell the track a bit more, kind of the same way with, with the single from the last album, you know, or from the Mm -hmm. the actual Mm -hmm. LP, their, their, their last LP. 
Yeah. Overall, there's there's really nothing wrong with what One Five Six Silence is doing. I feel like they've they they know they know how to write a good track. I I just feel like. Um, it's a fucking amazing band. They, they just gave it's us. They just it. gave us four. There's really, there's really no way to critique a four track EP of songs that, admittedly, feel like they're from another session. So, you know, hopefully this just means that they've got a, a more, you know, I don't know, experimental, more adventurous direction going forward. Because this, it, I think ultimately, it, you know, it, it feels like it was just, it's just leftover material kind of, which is fine. Agreed. So on that note, um, I think we should give them track two. I think that's the one that's just like to the point. A Violent Delight. Yeah. Oh, 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 dude, track two. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and play for you A Violent Delight, which is track two from 156 Silence's new EP, Don't Hold Your Breath, which came out on October 29th via Sharp Tone Records. Here we go. Just a very quick aside for our listeners, after the recording this episode, it suddenly dawned on me that 156 Silence had actually mailed me a Polaroid photo of a television that I'm fairly certain is from the new EP's album art. So, great marketing there, and uh, I'm a dingus. Okay, for real. Here we go.
All right, so that was A Violent Delight, which is track two from 156 Silence's new EP, Don't Hold Your Breath, which came out back in October. So the last band that we're going to talk about is Nightmare. Nightmare are a technical death metal project from Portland, Oregon, by way of Berlin, Germany, I guess, ultimately. Uh, the, yep. the project features members of War from a Harlot's Mouth in the Ocean, uh, that is Simon Hammond, guitarist of War from a Harlot's Mouth, and Paul Seidel of War from a Harlot's Mouth and the Ocean. And uh, also has John Collette, vocalist of Successful Right Apocalypse Across the Sky. And more recently features Keith Murrow on second guitar. So quite an impressive pedigree there, especially with that last edition. Dude, what a fucking lineup. I mean, as far as the members go, like, wow, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. No shit. I remember standing next to Keith Marrow at a show one time. This is absolutely fucking Shinfell and being like, wow, you're a lot taller in real life. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very tall man. No shit. <laughs> usually, usually you meet these metal guys and they're like these little fucking dudes, but n- not Keith Marrow. He's a fucking tall dude. <laughs> and for that, you get more math cast points simply because you're not, you're not that. short people. <laughs> Good anecdote there. I like that. It, Turns out he it, was very tall. It has, he was it very tall. It had to be said. You needed to know. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're back with their new EP, Monolith of Corrosion, which they released back on August 27th. We're really going far back for this one. It's a Patreon-voted band, so we wanted to make sure it's, that... It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Fucking absolutely worth talking about. I'm actually feeling a little remiss that we neglected speaking of it earlier. But uh, Wow. Where where was this nightmare before? Because I feel like comparison this pre- <sighs> their previous material is so much lower energy and just like far less inspired or angular or uh, you know in anywhere near what I want. This project is headed in a direction. I'll say that, it. I'll say it. It was boring. It was kind it was of boring. Boring. To it was a little me. on yep. the board. I didn't. It didn't grab me. I'll say that. So so um we all know Levi loves his fucking digestible fucking EPs, right everybody? Nice short albums. Uh this is something that I really do uh take a hold to. Um Nightmare, I feel uh it is three tracks. Uh part one, part two, part three. Boom! We got like we got a trilogy on just the EP. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, like three movements. Uh, it's it's great. Uh so I I really don't have a favorite track. Um it, 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 this this whole thing was was a great ride uh vocally um still the same uh styling that nightmare did before just nice heavy low uh i would just like to say this is like technical slash slow and low and uh that's basically what nightmare is throughout it's um sometimes i feel like nightmare might be on the boring side or might get uh tiring because they are so consistent in the same sound I don't know if that makes much sense, but it's just like every track is kind of the same. Well, that's what I felt like about their way. their old you material. Know? The CP, I feel like the the tracks all have character. Like they they have they all have standout moments that make them stand out for the rest. And I think that was yeah what was lacking. They're like I'm not saying that they're like they've introduced like hooks or anything, but they've just added they've added just 
it's just better. It's just more memorable. Just overall, I, 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 dude, I totally agree. It's not I like, totally agree. Um, this this EP definitely stood out. I, I would say night this this nightmare is fucking. Great. The talent is like, there. It's like the talent yeah, is the talent. all. These are all incredible players whose past work I admire greatly. But yeah, it's just their their older material wasn't as gripping like this is. I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, they, uh, uh, almost, it's like they didn't do anything differently. It's just, it, 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 it's definitely grabbing me more. Uh, but also, I love this uh, EP, but also a lineage, like, kind of style story, like a, a three-part thing a going on. Like, I love that. That is fucking great, right. man. Thanks for putting in the effort. Because, you know, sometimes with EPs, we critique, it's like, well... Some of these bands, they keep putting out EPs and they could just like maybe hopefully more just focus on a full length, you know, but this is something special. Like, it's almost like a little treat, you know, I, 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 I like it's song. more cohesive uh, as a release, I, I, I think, is what you're getting at in that it's uh, yeah. it's the, the tracks are like deliberately written for or around each other, it seems. Yeah, I, I, I don't read books, but I definitely listen to audiobooks, And I feel like this is more of that kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah, you're like you're taking an thing. information. Good for you, bud. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Levi learned how to read in 2008. <laughs> little known fact. Little I tell known. everyone I meet that. Remember when we were, when I met you, I was like, what are words? And you're like, ha, ha, ha. And then like you had to explain what words were. Remember that? <laughs> I do. I do. Really yeah. sad day. Yeah, really sad day. Yep. <laughs> I remember your mom crying. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I gotta tell you, I, I, I gotta tell. Um, uh, so no, no. So, let's keep talking about your literacy. I like this. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, the uh, as far as these uh, these three tracks, um, I guess I'll just say part one, right? Track one, grabbing That's the, the one. most. Yeah, that track that is one. The one. Baptismal yeah. tomb is is the one. It's undeniable that they deposited the best material on the EP in that track for sure. It's all good though. It's like a I'll whirlwind of Gorguts and Portal inspired it's very angular yeah, very it's, it's, angular yeah, is the operative word <laughs> yeah but it also feels expansive and it doesn't feel like riff salad either it really just is it's refined it's it's got yeah it's much more refined than that and then track two yeah. is more of like a groove track it's like less of a blast fest and more of like uh i would say almost a catchy Dark groove number. yeah exactly a groove yeah. Yeah. it's a catchier groove for sure so kind of striking a nice balance and again just speaking of adding a nice sort of arch to the the flow of this EP. It's a small 12-minute EP, but yeah, that, that track two really really does break it up. I didn't really find track three to be, <clears throat> excuse me, track three to be particularly remarkable against the, the first two, but pretty decent as well. I think we should give them track one, though. Yep. Let's do track one. Perfect. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and play for you one, Ecstasis, Baptismal Tomb, which is track one from mm. Nightmare's new EP, Monolith of Corrosion, which came out on August 27th. Here we go. Yeah. 
fucking Paul just going in on that track. Great, great drumming on that. Whew! Oh, damn good. Great vocals from John as well. And Simon just really, I think, finding a much better balance in the songwriting and riffs. It's just the material so much stronger. Really looking forward yep. to the next stage of what Nightmare does. Yep. Because I felt like we were very, very critical of them back there. But yeah, just once again, obviously, I don't need to tell you how good their previous projects are. So definitely worth trusting that they've they've got it in them to put out something that is absolute quality. And this EP is proof of that. Yep. So that was track one, Ecstasis, Baptismal Womb, ba- Baptismal Tomb, rather, excuse me, by Nightmare, and that's their new EP, off their new EP uh, that came out back on August 27th, Monolith of Corrosion. Love that title. Loving the art, too. Very good art. Kind of a, uh, a monolith with some like twisted figures coming out of it. Yep. Very literal art. <laughs> But we won't fault them for that either. All right, so before we wrap this up, if you made it to the end of this podcast, first of all, thank you so much. We've got a Patreon you can go check out. You can get some exclusive benefits there for a couple bucks a month. Uh, You can become a part of our Discord community. It's extremely tight-knit. You probably already know that if you're a member of our Facebook community group. Uh, It's even tighter-knit in our Patreon community. So we'd love to see you in there. We'd love to see you in the MathCore Index community group if you're not already in there. And uh, if you, again, like this podcast, please leave us five stars. Leave us a review. Follow us. Uh, you know, let us let us know what you think. If you want to send us an email, you can do that as well to mathcoreindex at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. Really, really appreciate you guys. Always, always grateful. Love you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for a fantastic uh, 2021 as well. I think this will probably be our last podcast of the year. So I want to. We got our we got our we got our best of list coming out and everything. So definitely go to mathcornindex.com for all that shit and everything, right, dude? That's right, Levi. That's correct. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes, we we are going to put out our best of 2021 in January this year, not in February. We'll we'll get it out in the first month of the year versus practically <laughs> Q2. Right. <laughs> Trust us. <laughs> this year we'll actually have uh, not only Levi and myself contributing as per usual, but we'll be having our new editor. Uh, contributor, rather, I should say, Lane Oliver contributing, and our new, uh, I'm not sure if he's on anymore, Otis, Otis fucking Chamberlain, our other new, our, uh, what do we, what do we, what do we call you, Otis? What is, what is your official title? Correspondent, I believe is what it is. We'll have Otis do his best of, so you'll have a good blend. Lover slash There he is, baby boy, really? he's in, yeah, he's in yeah, the chat yeah, right lover. now. Lover, yeah, yeah, cuzzy. Cuzzy. Yeah, yeah, cuzzy, cuzzy. Yeah, How Aussie like of you. Cuzzy. Or, yeah. is, that, uh, is that a New Zealander uh, thing, or Kiwi thing, or is that a, is that an Australian thing? Tell us, Otis. Ah, uh, no, no, it's an American thing. You pronounce a koozie. <laughs> koozie. Of course. Beer koozie. koozie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Zealand thing. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up live on the yeah. air. Before we. <laughs> that was very important to the content of this podcast for everyone to know that. Yep, yep, yep. So I guess that. that oh, yeah. And one other thing before you wrap this up is go check out the reader poll. If you want to be a part of that, the poll ends on December 21st. This podcast will probably be published on the 17th. So uh, presumably you'll have at least a couple days to throw your votes in. So go vote at mathcoreindex.com. Yep. That's it. That's it for real now. So I guess that about wraps it up for the 71st episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. I'm your co-host, Levi. <laughs> happy holidays, you fucking bastards, you stupid fucking happy fucking holidays. Uh, <laughs> this is what it's like to have holidays with Levi. Abusive. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Good night and stay beautiful.